Welcome to Chapel of the Lake in Lake St. Louis, Missouri. The Chapel family is a multi-generational community of believers who gather weekly to worship and explore God's Word as we grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us now as Pastor Keith Spa opens the Scriptures. I invite you to take your Bibles and open to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning. Let's pray. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Father, we are so grateful this morning that you have rescued us. That you so loved the world that you sent your one and only Son to die in our place. To be the propitiation, the satisfaction for our sin so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We thank you that not only have you rescued us through Jesus, but you have in your grace allowed us to be part of the story, to be your plan for reaching the world with the good news of Jesus. Encourage our hearts this morning and move us for your glory. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Along with Tracy and Harley and Stephanie, I also want to thank you for allowing me the privilege of representing you in the Philippines. And like them, I bring you as well greetings from our missionary partners. They so appreciate your care for them, your prayers for them. These are amazing folks, and we are blessed to be connected with them and to have even a small share in their marvelous work for Jesus Christ. It's often been said that we are all missionaries. And I believe that the Bible indeed calls for us all as believers in Christ to be missionaries. It's what we're supposed to be. But the truth is, we don't all live as missionaries. Being a missionary isn't about geography. It's not about where you are. It's not about title, having a business card, you know, you can pull out that says missionary. Being a missionary isn't about sending out prayer letters or raising support. You might ask, what is it that makes someone a missionary. How do you know that you are a missionary? Second Corinthians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul, the, the first and great missionary of the church, gives us insight here into the heart of a missionary. I see this heart that he describes here in our missionary partners in the Philippines. But in this passage, the Apostle Paul calls for us all to have this same heart. What is it that makes a missionary? Follow along with me as I read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving 
you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, We are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Three things in here this morning I want to call our attention to which make a missionary. We've all heard the words Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. By the way, missionaries, first of all, they have a mission. We've heard these words. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. We've heard that, the Great Commission. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 Jesus said just before, as he was about to ascend into heaven, he said, but you will receive the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. A true missionary hears these calls from Jesus and They apply them to themselves. They aim to live them out. Missionaries don't just know about the mission that Jesus has given. They embrace Christ's mission. They own it. They've made it their own. Therefore, verse 20 said in the passage we read here in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. They recognize that the mission is to be Jesus' ambassadors. So they aim to represent Jesus, to live like him, as Harley mentioned about Moody when these people he's reaching out to said, we already understand these qualities you're teaching in these moral values classes because we see them lived out in you. They aim to live like Jesus. In verse 17, it says, we are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. As Jesus' followers, everything for us is now to be different. We're going to have different aims, different values, different purpose for living. We're to live like Jesus. 
And as we live like Jesus, we are to speak His message. Again, as our passage said, we are making Christ's appeal as though He were making it through us. Be reconciled to God. We're to speak His message. The message is, how do we get right with God? It says here that He has committed this message to us. And so missionaries are people who are committed to do, as verse 11 says, we persuade men. John, as a young man, when he finished high school, he left the island, left Paradise Island, went to the mainland to go to school. John can speak several languages. He has a Bible college degree. He has a degree in English. He has spent some time in the United States. He could go literally anywhere in the Philippines and make a very good living. But 20 years ago, he chose to go back to live on Paradise Island, as has been said this morning, one of the most remote places on earth. Why did he do it? Because of the mission. His people, the Joppa, needed to hear the good news of how they could be reconciled to God through Jesus. Moody. Moody was a drunk living on the streets in Manila. When he was rescued from the gutter and his life transformed when he trusted in Jesus Christ as his Savior. Then he went to Bible school, and while in Bible school, he embraced Jesus' mission. And as Harley mentioned, he asked, where is it that no one is willing to go? And I'll go there. And someone mentioned Paradise Island, so that's where he went. After 18 years there, he's now focused on, as Harley said, a new unreached people, the Tagus, one of the most difficult-to-reach people groups because they are a violent and fierce people. A missionary has a mission in life. And for a missionary of Jesus Christ, it's to persuade people to turn to Jesus. Are you a missionary? What is your mission? What are you living for? Second truth I notice in this passage, missionaries not only have a mission, but I notice that missionaries are weird. <laughs> now, when I was a kid growing up in church, I knew missionaries and they, they dressed funny, <laughs> usually because they were living on the hand-me-downs from people in churches. <laughs> but that's not what Paul is talking about when I say here that I see he says they're weird. Notice in verse 17, Paul says, We're not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what's in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it's for God. If we're in our right mind, it's for you. Paul is not trying to impress the Corinthians so that they will boast about him. If you read what he's saying, he says that there are critics in the Corinthian church, there are people who are critical of Paul and these folks that are with him in the ministry. And so for the sake of the message, Paul is helping his readers answer these critics. 
But Paul recognizes that sometimes when we truly live for Jesus Christ, we will appear insane to people, even sometimes to other Christians. He will say, you are out of your mind. Many people, even Christians, consider missionaries weird because they do not fit the world's norms. Because when somebody truly embraces Christ's mission, it's in, it inevitably begins to change their life. They will begin to do weird things like share the gospel with people. They will invest their time and their money to help the gospel get spread around the world. They will pray for missionaries. They will pray for unsaved friends and unsaved family and unsaved neighbors. They will hold loosely to things like success and comfort and prosperity and security. They might even begin to have concern and love for those people whoever those people are in your mind. Nina is part of another team that is now working on Paradise Island. For so many years, it was just John and, and Moody. A few years ago, another team went on the island. Nina is one of those. She became a believer while in college after graduating with a degree in social work, and she decided to be a missionary to reach the unreached people of the southern Philippines. When her family heard about it, they were livid. They locked her in her bedroom for two weeks. They yelled at her, told her she was crazy, her mother would open the door once a day and hand her a glass of water. Sitting in her room, Nina kept thinking, what choice do I have? I have to obey Jesus. Eventually, afraid that she was going to die of starvation, her family let her out. She got away. They allowed her to go. By the way, today all of her family are now believers in Jesus, supportive of her work. But people thought she was crazy. Missionaries are weird. But as Jim Elliott famously said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. That's not weird. It's incredibly wise. A missionary is willing to follow whatever Christ calls him to do, even if other people don't understand. Are you a missionary? Willing to say, yeah, Jesus, I'll do whatever you want. Most of us, he won't call most of us to go to Paradise Island or some remote place in the world. But he calls all of us to be missionaries where we are. Missionaries have a mission. Missionaries are weird. 
Missionaries are also moving. There are three things that move missionaries. They are both moved and moving. They're moving because they are moved. They are driven. They are There are three things that keep them going that Paul mentions here in this passage. Look at verse 11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. The fear of the Lord, the fear of God. It manifests itself, I think it's a manifestation of two things, really two realities. The first is this. They recognize that there is an accounting for us as believers. Just in the verse before we started, we started in verse 11, but if you look back to verse 10, it says there, it says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is not the great white throne judgment in Revelation where we see that the, that people stand with it to see whether they are going to heaven or hell. It's not that. The, Judgment seat of Christ is a judgment for believers. Those of us who have placed our faith in Christ, our destiny is already heaven. But there is a coming where we stand before Christ and there is an accountability to Him for what we have done in this life. It's a judgment about rewards or lack of rewards. A missionary has a desire to be found faithful as as a faithful servant. Faithful with our time, with our money, with our resources. Faithful with the mission. They're very well aware that Jesus said, To whom much is given, much is required. That is part of the fear of God that moves a missionary. But also they are moved by another aspect of the fear of God, and that's this, that those without Jesus Christ face condemnation. Verse 19 of our text says that God is reconciling the world to Himself, pleading with the world to be reconciled to Him through Jesus Christ. And we have peace with God, we have relationship to God through Jesus. But a missionary understands that while that is true, John 3.18 is true also. John 3.16 we know by heart. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Two verses later, John 3.18 it says, Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. The reality that there are millions, billions of people in this world who face hell because they do not know Jesus Christ that moves missionaries forward. The reality of hell moves them forward because They don't want anyone to go there. The fear of God moves missionaries. But there's another thing here that moves missionaries. Look at verse 14. For Christ's love controls us. It's also translated, it compels us, it moves us, it drives us. His love moves us. His love moved Him to die for us. 
And it says that we are convinced of this, that one died for all, so all died, and so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died in their behalf and was raised again. The love of God moves us. The natural response to His love should be that we love Him and we want to live for Him. And the love of Christ changes our view of other people. It says there in verse 16, we, we know from no longer do we regard anyone according to the flesh. We, we look at people differently than we did when we were unbelievers. Gone is the animosity towards others. We have a new view of people. God has made a new creation out of us. He's, as He says here, He's changed our attitude. He's changed our hearts. And since God has reached out to us, we reach out to others. No longer limited by the earthly view of other people. God is reconciling to the world Himself. Those who are across ethnic barriers, racial barriers, language barriers, national barriers, socioeconomic barriers. We have a concern and a love for all people that all would come to Christ. That's the heart of a missionary. The second day of the conference there, I met a young couple, Wilson and Shane. They led our worship time that morning. And last year they had completed a couple of years of training under one of the the most effective church planters working there in the south, a man who's there, Pastor Tony, there at the conference. And having finished their training, they went out and uh, began to work among the Tagus people, the same people that Moody is working with. They chose one of the hardest and one of the neediest. They're there working among them, and I was I was impressed as I sat across the table from them in a discussion time. They're young college graduates, articulate. They look like a young professional couple that you'd meet working downtown St. Louis, dressed in business attire. I was impressed with their love for Jesus, their love for the Tagus people. Their enthusiasm in ministry, it just oozed from them. They asked, as we were finishing up, they asked, would you pray for us? Said, would you pray that God would give us boldness in sharing the gospel? Would you pray that God would help us in learning the language? Would you pray that God would protect us, that we might be effective, and that we might be focused as we are... They were already training some new believers that they brought to Christ, discipling them. In our time there that day, they never once mentioned their personal needs. It wasn't until the next day that I learned more of their story. Later that afternoon, they found out that Shane's sister had died unexpectedly. And in the wee hours of that evening, they or night, they had to leave. The next day I was talking with Pastor Tony who had trained them. I learned more of their story and my heart was broken. They have no church partners. They have gone off to serve with support only from some family and one friend. 
They went off to serve and they were living on the support was 1,500 pesos a month. In American, that's less than $30. Over the last year, that's how they've been serving. For a period of time, they were living in a tent going across the street to use the restroom in a market. Pastor Tony arranged for a place for them to stay so they didn't have to do that anymore. Why would anybody live like that? To go live and to go try to reach difficult people who are known for being fierce and violent. Why? Because they love Jesus. Because they love the Tagus people. And they know the Tagus people desperately need to hear about Jesus Christ. Guess who we've adopted as our newest missionary couple? We didn't really have a choice. When we heard the story, we said, we can, we can help with that. I've got a bunch of people who can love these folks, pray for them, and we can meet financial needs. I don't know. They didn't share it, and I don't know if they know it yet. I think they do. I think Pastor Tony's finally back, and uh, they've gotten word that they're no longer alone. By the way, it's been said about these Filipinos, these indigenous missionaries we're supporting, it's been said Filipinos can live without much of anything. They don't need much food. They don't need much stuff. One thing Filipinos need is relationship. They die without that. So for all of all three now of the couples that we support, how they need your prayers and occasionally a reach out. Let them know you're not alone. We're standing with you. Third thing, quickly, last point. Third part of the heart of a missionary. What what moves them, what drives them, is the high honor of serving Christ. We are now, he says here, Christ's ambassadors. What a high calling it is to be an ambassador. An ambassador represents a nation. An ambassador represents a kingdom. An ambassador represents a king. The king of kings and lord of lords has said, You are my ambassadors. That is a high honor. No honor could be higher than that. And no gift of higher value could be entrusted to us than the message of salvation for which Jesus Christ gave his life. That message has been put into our hands. God desires, our text here says, for people to be reconciled with him, to have relationship with him, but they cannot respond to a message that they have not heard. Paul says in Romans, he says, how can they hear unless someone tells them? How can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? There's our mission. We are ambassadors. Every one of us. And we get the privilege as well of partnering partnering with other ambassadors in places where we are not and cannot go. By God's grace, may we be faithful in this.
Missionaries are so moved by the fear and awe of God. They're moved by the wonders of His love and grace, and they are moved by the high honor of serving Him. So moved that we simply have to reach out to others. So the big question, are you a missionary? If not, why not? Let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank You for loving us so much that You sent Jesus. Thank You for so loving us so much that You, through Christ, through our faith in Him, You've brought us into relationship with You. You've made us part of Your family. You've given us an inheritance, a future, an eternal home in heaven. You've also given us the privilege of being your representatives here on earth to a world that is lost. Father God, may we be faithful in that mission. In our homes, in our schools, in our jobs, in our neighborhoods, may we be faithful. And may we as well be faithful in those that we have partnered with around the world so that they may be equipped and supported and encouraged and prayed for in their work. All of these things for the glory of our Lord Jesus. It's in his name we ask it. Amen. May God bless you as you grow in your walk with him this week.